On a busy Friday episode of Locked On Grizzlies, Steven Adams has been traded to the Houston Rockets. We're going to break that trade down from a variety of angles. The Grizzlies lost a tough contest to the Cleveland Cavaliers on Thursday night, and they've got another game tonight against the Golden State Warriors. Then, of course, they've got a game coming up on Sunday against the Boston Celtics. A lot to discuss and more on this episode of Locked On Grizzlies. Lock in with me. You are Locked On Grizzlies. Your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a fantastic Friday to you and yours on this episode of Locked On Grizzlies. I am your host for this episode, Joe Molinax, flying solo to Michael Cole of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. My co-host for this podcast, more often than not, has some beat writer things to do with the back-to-back. So not able to join us for this show, but it is I, Joe Molinax, taking you through the next 30 minutes or so of Memphis Grizzlies basketball talk. Thank you so much for being here with me on this Friday edition of the program. This episode of Locked On Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your best bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. We are free and available here on Locked On Grizzlies as proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. Free and available, again, wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on YouTube as well, of course. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe. Continue to make us here at Lockdown Grizzlies a part of your NBA and Memphis Grizzlies content consumption. And I'll be honest with you, dear listener, dear viewer, I went into this episode thinking that we were going to talk about Marcus All's retirement. I was excited. It's been announced for April 6th. My Conley and the Timberwolves don't play that night, assuming Conley's still on Minnesota by then. I'm assuming he will be because he's had a good season. You know, he could potentially be there and all the wonderful memories that keep flooding into my mind of Marcus All. But yet, It's another now former Memphis Grizzlies big that we are going to lead off this episode of the show with. And that former big, of course, is Steven Adams. The news dropped before the Cleveland Cavaliers game that Steven Adams was being shipped out to the Houston Rockets. The official trade is going to be the Grizzlies receiving Victor Oladipo and his expiring contract. Two 2024 second round picks and one 2025 second round pick in exchange for Steven Adams. And again, Steven Adams, a wonderful big during his time in Memphis. I want to stress that we're going to miss all our Kiwis. I hope you guys stick around, you New Zealanders that have uh, grown to love Locked On Grizzlies. I'm going to miss you. I've had a chance to be on New Zealand radio in the past and all those sorts of things. It's been lots of fun watching Steven Adams play. And I do think that this trade says more about the – salary cap projections coming in lower than expected than it does about Steven Adams. Because I do believe that Steven Adams is going to come back healthy. And I do believe that he's going to be a successful big for the Houston Rockets next year. Obviously, he's not going to be a starter with Sengun there. Steven Adams is going to be embracing a reserve role. So maybe in Memphis, he would have remained a starter. But with Houston, that's almost certainly not going to be the case. The big thing for the Grizzlies is with that lower salary cap projection, The second apron in the tax that is new to the CBA, the new CBA that the players and the uh, governors, owners, whatever you want to call them, agreed upon, that's significant. 
Because if the roster had stayed as is, including a lottery pick that the Grizzlies are likely to have in the 2024 NBA draft, they would be up against or even potentially above that second apron. And why that's so big, despite, or excuse me, why that's so important, even without the lack of flexibility in roster building, is luxury tax money. I do believe the Memphis Grizzlies will eventually pay the luxury tax. I don't think they're going to go past that second apron because it's extremely difficult in the market that the Memphis Grizzlies reside in to be a competitive roster building team while being over top of that second apron. If it's the kinds of trades you can do, the kinds of signings you can do in free agency, it really does put a damper on that process. So I think this was a trade that was more so in response to that. Now, obviously more could come. Luke Kennard shouldn't feel safe, whether it's via trade or his contract being opted out of. That would put the Grizzlies almost completely out of the luxury tax. Same thing with John Conchar going into next season. I'm not sure that Conchar should feel safe with his contract extension. This is a money business deal. And the Memphis Grizzlies are looking for ways to try to remain competitive with their big three of John Morant, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson Jr. It's similar to the Golden State Warriors with the major difference being, obviously, the Golden State is well above that second apron. They pay millions upon millions upon millions of dollars in luxury tax penalties. The Memphis Grizzlies simply don't have that pocketbook or that the stomach to have that kind of pocketbook. Maybe they do have the money, but they don't want to spend it. And that, again, in a market like Memphis, that's understandable, at least on my end. The basketball side of things, you're going to miss Steven Adams' ability to be large, right? I've talked about that numerous times here on Lockdown Grizzlies. That's not a meant or not meant to be a knock on Steven Adams. You need a guy like Steven Adams next to Jaron Jackson Jr. Do the Grizzlies replace that guy in free agency? Maybe, depending on the other moves they make between now and the trade deadline or now in the NBA draft this summer. It's possible. Do they do it in the draft itself? Maybe. There's a couple of bigs that I'm sure DeMichael and I will talk about in the future that could be lottery-esque selections. A guy on a rookie deal for the next several years next to Jaron as he prepares to sign his likely max contract extension. That makes sense. I could see that. I could also see them going out and making another deal between now and the trade deadline. I mentioned John Conchar. I mentioned Luke Kennard. If your name's not John Morant, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., Vince Williams Jr., you're not safe. And that obviously doesn't include the two-way guys. So don't get mad at me in the comments about not saying Gigi Jackson. Two-way players rarely, if ever, get traded. So the Memphis Grizzlies are going to miss the size of Steven Adams. They're going to miss his rebound ability. One of the elite rebounders in the NBA. We've talked about that here, there, and everywhere on Lockdown Grizzlies. And the Grizzlies have desperately missed that this year. They've missed Steven Adams and his screen setting. They have missed his ability to pass from the elbow. Those were some of the best Steven Adams highlights of his times in Memphis. His connection with Desmond Bain as Desmond slashed to the basket. You can make an argument that Adams has a role in the player that Desmond Bain has become because of helping him find his place and his rhythm on those types of cuts. That is all significant. And Steven Adams deserves credit for those things. The three second-round picks, if you're a fan of the Memphis Grizzlies, you should be excited about. You could argue they're better at making second-round selections with Gigi Jackson and Vince Williams Jr. than they are first-round selections. 
And those picks are also important for a couple of reasons. Number one, again, we talk about roster building. As money gets tighter, second-round picks have more cost-controlled contracts. You're a little more flexible in terms of the kind of money those guys can be given. If you're comp- if you are confident and competent with your second-round scouting, those types of selections can be pretty solid. But it's important to understand between those two second-round picks and the first that the Grizzlies currently possess, and remember they have the rights to another first-round pick, from earlier on in the offseason or uh, earlier on in the season, another trade that they made involving Phoenix. All of that combined equals up to Memphis probably trading some of that again. So when does the other shoe drop? When does the other trade happen? Could happen between now and the trade deadline next week. That's very realistic because, again, you have John Conchar. You have Marcus Smart, who's injured. I don't think Marcus Smart's getting traded, but that's $18 million. If you're concerned about money, I think Smart is the one that they'll keep of all of those tradable deals. I think Brandon Clark also seems like a guy that they're pretty committed to keeping around. Luke Kennard, I think they shop. And if you're a team that's trying to make the playoffs or trying to contend, you could do a lot worse than having one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA on your roster. Now, should one of the worst NBA three-point shooting teams move on from one of those best shooters? That might be an argument for another episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. But between Kennard, Conchar, anybody else that makes money that is sizable enough to make an impact from apron to apron, apron to luxury tax, unless your name's Ja, Dez, or Jaron, and again, to a lesser extent, Vince Williams Jr., after having signed just that, or having just signed that contract extension, you probably are not a lock to be in Memphis between now in the trade deadline. It'll be interesting to see if and when the team changes again in the coming days. So, so long to Steve-O. He was fantastic, fun to watch, uh, really a productive player. Hopefully he gets his due in the history of Grizzlies that he was a key cog of those teams that had successful regular seasons over the last couple of years. So shout out to Steven Adams, a good Memphis Grizzly. We wish him luck in Houston, except for when they played Memphis, of course. When we come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies, we'll get back to the actual team on the floor as we speak um, over the next couple of days, I should say. The Memphis Grizzlies played Thursday night against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Not the best showing for them. They competed, but some issues arose that are going to continue to uh, to pop up uh, as long as the team's in the state that they currently are in. We're going to talk about that more next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, This episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel. I know you're as excited as me. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Super Bowl Sunday is about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, placing some super bets. That's what it's about, at least to someone like me. And I have a feeling some of you are like me out there as well. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the football season with a W or two or three. Which players will score a touchdown? How many points will be scored? You can bet on not just who will win Super Bowl 58, but all of those other types of player props as well. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. When we come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies, we're talking Grizzlies Cavs. Stick with us. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. I am Joe Molinax, flying solo, no to Michael Cole on this episode of the show. I am excited to be here with you, though. Closing out another week, obviously, Stephen Adams and being him being moved. A bit of a surprising trade. 
right? DeMichael and I have talked about trade targets. I think we mentioned Adams in passing, not really considering him as an option to be traded at this point. One, because he's injured, but it makes sense that he got traded for another injured guy in Oladipo. And by the way, I don't anticipate Victor Oladipo playing very much in Memphis, if at all. He may not even report. It might be a buyout or waiving situation. He'll be on his way, and the Grizzlies will take their three second-round picks for an expiring, essentially, big man uh, on his contract, at least expiring. Uh, a good one for Memphis. But again, I think it was probably a trade that both teams are going to be happy with uh, at the end of the day. Both teams got what they wanted between the Grizzlies and the Rockets. Both teams did not get what they wanted when it was Memphis and the Cleveland Cavaliers taking on one another on Thursday night in Memphis. The Cavs got what they wanted. Cleveland got a big 108-101 win. It was not as good of a night for the Memphis Grizzlies. It was a good first half. The Grizzlies ended the half up seven over Cleveland. You saw some tired legs, perhaps, a little lack of energy, but then Cleveland came out of the locker room, put Memphis away, won the second half by 14 points. It was an impressive showing, not just for Donovan Mitchell, who we talked about a little bit on our last episode. He had a really strong game, of course, continuing his impressive scoring. It was also guys like Jared Allen who got hurt in this game. That's something to keep an eye on for Cleveland moving forward. Hopefully it's not serious. It was guys off the bench like Karis LeVert, 16 points off the bench for the Cavaliers. You had numerous guys that scored at least five points. All of the Cavs reserves that played scored at least five points. And that is significant because that was not the case for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies only played nine guys. Cleveland played 10. Again, the health issue is very relevant for the Memphis Grizzlies. But the guys that did play off the bench, while the scoring wasn't that dramatically different, uh, there was a, a pretty sizable gap. Cleveland's bench beat the Grizzlies' bench. It was the inefficiency that really hurt. You look at the numbers for Cleveland, two for seven, two for four, two for four, six for ten, three for six from the field. The Cleveland Cavaliers as a team almost shot 48% from the floor. The starters obviously did some pretty good things as well. The Grizzly starters shot pretty well themselves. Jaron scores 25 points on 23 shots. You have Santi Aldama, who had a really strong game, uh, 18 points on 12 shots, four for seven from three. John Conchar looked impressive, uh, six rebounds, no assists, but a steal, two blocks, uh, continuing to showcase his all-around game. Vince Williams Jr. continues to shine. Again, another six rebounds, really solid scoring, five for 10. Didn't have the best night from three but he was showing the ability to create off the dribble for himself, and that's important in the long term. Even Scottie Pippen had a strong night offensively. David Roddy, 1 for 12 from the field for the Memphis Grizzlies. 1 for 12, only two points in 18 minutes played. Gigi Jackson led the reserves with 29 minutes played. Again, remember, Gigi Jackson, 19 years old, playing 29 minutes. He is on a two-way contract out of the G League, He's their lead reserve, their sixth man essentially right now, a tough offensive night for Gigi. So between their two main reserve offensive options, David Roddy and Gigi Jackson, four for 26 from the field. And again, you come to Locked On Grizzlies, you want hard-hitting analysis, you want data. I get that. And I provide that to an extent. I provide the, the funny ha-ha every once in a while, the things that make you roll or roll your eyes perhaps. This is an entertainment show as much as it is a sports show. Sometimes it's as easy as your two leading reserves were four for 26 from the field. 
I don't need to bust out film clips for that one, ladies and gentlemen. I don't need to go and diagram an offensive play to say, hmm, I wonder why the Grizzlies lost. When you shoot that poorly from the floor, and it wasn't just those guys. The team as a whole shot 41% on 90 shots. Cleveland made four more shots than the Grizzlies did on four fewer attempts. Cleveland just shot the ball more efficiently. They shot 40% from three. The Grizzlies shot 31.6% from three. Memphis had the free throw advantage. But when it came to threes and twos, the Grizzlies did not have the advantages. And, and you know what they say, it's a make or miss league. The Grizzlies only lost the rebounding battle by five. Certainly could have been a lot worse in that way. The Grizzlies had roughly the same amount of assists as the Cleveland Cavaliers. And it was a competitive game in that first half into the third quarter, right? I believe it was a one-point game going into the final frame. Cleveland had a one-point lead. But the Cavaliers were able to pull away because of Donovan Mitchell, because of the three-point shooting of guys like Sam Merrill, and because of the ability of a guy like Karis LeVert to score off the bench. And folks in our comments, folks on social media, have been clamoring for a guy that can score off the bench for a long time in Memphis. I get it. I understand. Karis LeVert is a great example of that. He provides that pop for the Cleveland Cavaliers when other guys don't have it. And Darius Garland shoots four for 10 in 24 minutes of play, only nine points. You need that kind of production from Karis LeVert. You just do. And Dean Wade is not the best producer of offense as a starter in 28 minutes of play. You've got guys like Niang and Okoro who can come in and be productive scorers for the Cavs. Memphis simply doesn't have that right now. In theory, they have a big that can do that in Santi Aldama, but he's got to be a starter because of all of the injuries. In theory, they've got a guy like Derrick Rose who can get hot at times offensively, but he's out due to injury. Luke Kennard was projected by myself and others to be a sixth man of the year candidate. That looks pretty darn silly now because of injuries and other factors. So the, the stark reality of the season kind of slapped Memphis across the face in this game, in my opinion. They competed. They defended well. Cleveland has had lots stronger offensive outbursts than this game. So the Grizzlies had some defensive solid moments, but they just don't have the firepower offensively to compete on a regular basis. They just don't. The good news is, is that defense can keep you in games, and that's going to continue to keep the Memphis Grizzlies in games. They might hang around against the Golden State Warriors tonight, which we'll talk more about here in a moment. They'll surprise you in that way. But who will be active? Who will be available? We'll talk more about that. In the Cleveland Cavaliers game, you had a superstar and Donovan Mitchell who made superstar plays. Jaron Jackson Jr. had a strong outing, but he is not to that level, especially as a guard, obviously, a perimeter-based player. And the guys after Jackson Jr. simply were not as good as the guys after Mitchell. Mitchell and Jackson Jr. both scored 25 points. But Jaron doesn't have the support. He has guys that are giving their best. He has guys that I think are doing their darndest to execute and find their way. But Jaron's an all-star and the rest of the guys aren't. I do this every once in a while when we talk about the games. Jaron was the starter, and then he started alongside Santi Aldama, who should be a reserve. John Conchar, who you could argue shouldn't be in the rotation at all when everybody's healthy. Vince Williams Jr., who is probably a sixth-man type if this team is healthy. And Scottie Pippen Jr., who's on the team in part because of injuries. 
Those are the guys that started next to Jaron. For the Cavs, Donovan Mitchell had Darius Garland, Jared Allen, Max Struess, Dean Wade. Who do you think was going to win that game nine times out of ten? The Cleveland Cavaliers. And that's how it played out on Thursday night. Doesn't necessarily mean that that's how it has to play out on Friday night, though, as the Grizzlies take on the Golden State Warriors. And we will talk about that next here on Locked On Grizzlies. But first, I want to shout out Locked On Sports Today, the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On like myself and DeMichael, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. This episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Big fan of Prize Picks here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Obviously, the NFL season is ending with the big game approaching, but you can still find a way to get in on the Specials League, which is created specifically for combo projections, including two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, maybe Luke Kennard does come back, and you want to combine Luke Kennard plus Travis Kelsey, Mr. Swift, for a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made in receptions. You can do that with prize picks. They also have the reboot policy. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. It is the only place, prize picks, the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Got to shout out how great that is for everybody that gives prize picks a try. Go to prizepicks.com slash NBA and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for a first deposit match up to $100 again. Prizepicks.com slash NBA. Use the code LOCKEDONNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. When we come back here on Locked On Grizzlies, closing out this episode, previewing Grizzlies Warriors and a little bit of Grizzly Celtics. A busy weekend for the Grizzlies. Let's talk about it next. Stick with us. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax. Happy to be here with you again solo. No DeMichael Cole this time around. He's off doing beat writer things with the uh, back-to-back for the Memphis Grizzlies. A home-and-home back-to-back. I know DeMichael likes that. No travel for the team. Um, He'll be back with us next week. Excited to talk about the Stephen Adams trade and all sorts of other angles with DeMichael. And again, didn't get a chance to talk about April 6th and the Marcus All retirement game. So lots of things for us to discuss on our Monday show, barring some other major trade development with the Memphis Grizzlies, which, you know, the Steven Adams thing kind of came out of thin air, right? We had an inkling they might do something, but Adams was not necessarily the name that was on everybody's lips. So it'll be interesting to see how the weekend plays out for the Grizzlies when it comes to trades, if anything occurs. But the thing that we know that's going to occur is a game against the Golden State Warriors, second night of a back-to-back. The Warriors are banged up in their own right. No Dario Saric, Moses Moody is out for this game, Chris Paul, is out for this game. Gary Payton the second also out for this game. So four Warriors out. The Grizzlies injury report. Again, they still have to use the notes on the uh, iPhone app as opposed to just a post on X to be able to display all the different injuries that Memphis is dealing with. Xavier Tillman warmed up, was in the lineup, looked like he was going to play, and then he got pulled just as the game started. It seemed on Thursday against the Cavs. So who knows what's going to happen with X? The injury report before the game kind of suggested that maybe you see Luke Kennard soon. Maybe you see Derek Rose soon. We'll see if they were just sitting out the first night of the back-to-back and those guys get back into the fold on Friday. Uh, the big thing for the Grizzlies in this game, just to be able to compete, is obviously Steph Curry, right? That's the guy that stirs the drink. Clay Thompson is still capable of going off at any time, but he's not the player that he once was. Steph Curry still very much in that mix as an elite scorer in the NBA. So Vince Williams Jr., you would imagine, would draw 
that defensive assignment, how he does with that, how the Grizzlies use Jaron Jackson Jr. Is Draymond Green going to get a bunch of open three-point attempts? He's probable for this game. I think it's a knee contusion. Uh, so Draymond should play. Is he going to get some open threes? Are they going to let Jaron kind of roam in the background, assuming Jaron plays? It's going to be interesting to watch unfold and play out how they defend this Warriors team with their current roster. And obviously, uh, Jonathan Kaminga has come on of late for the Golden State Warriors, how Memphis tries to rein that guy in. And again, with the Steven Adams trade, it feels like anything is a fair game aside from Jaron, John, Dez, and again, Vince Williams, uh, between now and next week. So is there something behind the, the absence of Xavier Tillman against the Cavs? That's bigger than injury, right? That's pure speculation on my part. I don't have any insider information. But, you know, John Conchar has been discussed by DeMichael and others in the media as a potential target. We talked about Luke Kennard, potentially. So keep an eye on those guys in terms of injury reports. See how they land. If they're in negotiations with another team and it's a, a package that the Grizzlies might be interested in, maybe somebody all of a sudden gets a sore knee and, and uh, they, they don't make the floor. But I want to continue to see Vince Williams Jr. creating off the dribble. I want to see Vince Williams Jr. continue to be a creator for others, moving the basketball. The Grizzlies made 37 shots, 25 of them were assisted. I want to see more of that. I want to see them play that team game that Michael, my wonderful co-host, has talked about in the past, how they've kind of established this identity, a different way of winning with so many guys out. They lost that at times against Cleveland. And I think part of it was how poorly David Roddy and Gigi Jackson shot. But I also think part of it was turnovers, right? The Grizzlies had 12 turnovers. You had five turnovers from Jaron Jackson Jr. himself. You can't have that many turnovers from a guy that you're so dependent on in terms of creating offense. He had five assists, continued growth as a passer and creator off the dribble for himself as well as those around him. That's a major positive. DeMichael and I have talked about that a ton. But he has to cut down on those turnovers, whether they're uh, passing the ball and making a poor read passing it into a, a passing lane to the opposing team, whether it's a bad screen, right? Illegal screens obviously can count as turnovers. They also double dip as fouls. Jaron only had four fouls in the game, uh, played 34 minutes against Cleveland. But limiting those turnovers, protecting those possessions, and trying to get out and create even more steals, right? That's a significant piece of this. Only six, or excuse me, <clears throat> nine steals for the Memphis Grizzlies. 12 blocks, so 21 total stocks. That's an impressive number, only 14 for Cleveland. So continuing to disrupt offenses through those means, I think Parker Fleming, my good uh, buddy, and DeMichael's buddy as well uh, from my GBB days, uh, Parker Fleming calls them defensive events, right? Whether it's a deflection, anything that can disrupt the rhythm of a team like Golden State is extremely significant because that is a team that went in rhythm, especially somebody like Clay Thompson, they're extremely difficult to stop. So the Warriors are favored, uh, roughly four and a half to five point favorites going into the contest. Memphis is the underdog, understandably so. The Grizzlies are also going to be the underdog when it comes to their game on Sunday, and that's going to be a really tough one in Boston against the Celtics. How the Grizzlies respond in that environment, they go to New York a couple of days after that, so a quick two-game uh, East Coast road trip in two pretty major cities. It's going to be really interesting. Boston, one of the best teams, if not the best team, in the NBA, the New York Knicks have been red hot since the OG Ananobi trade. They're in a tough stretch here, right? And DeMichael and I have talked about how it doesn't necessarily make sense for them to tank, but they're also not in a position where in their current state, they should be expected to beat Golden State, even with all the issues that Golden State has had. And I know the Grizzlies have beaten Golden State. They beat them recently. I get it. But 
even now, two weeks later since that victory, like Memphis Grizzlies are in a different place. They're going to be underdogs in almost every game they play. That should be the expectation. Not saying it's right, not saying it's wrong. I'm saying it's reality. The Boston Celtics, most certainly going to be underdogs. New York, most certainly going to be underdogs, even with Julius Randle out. So Memphis just has to focus on themselves and not worry about what the expectation is of the outside world or even what their fans necessarily want. Obviously, you want the fans to be entertained. And I agree with Brevin Knight, the Grizzlies play-by-play man. He talked about, or the analyst for the Grizzlies, excuse me, he talked about how he was impressed with the fans in FedEx Forum still being there, still supporting this team through these tough times. He's exactly right. And Grizzlies fans should continue to support. When I say they shouldn't care about what the fans say, it's more so about that development piece, figuring out who fits long-term, trying to figure out if there's a trade that makes things better in the future for Memphis. Because again, Stephen Adams leaving hurts the Memphis Grizzlies. They're worse going into 2024-2025 right now than they were if Stephen Adams was healthy and on the roster. But the reality is money was tight and somebody had to go. How they replace him, the follow-up is going to be extremely key, whether it's a week from now or whether it's several months from now in the offseason. That follow-up matters a lot. But something had to give, and the Grizzlies made that choice. Some more things may have to give in the days to come, and hopefully you'll stick with Locked On Grizzlies for all your analysis of that and so much more. Obviously, on our next episode of Locked On Grizzlies, we'll talk about the Warriors game. We'll talk about the Celtics game. Uh, we'll revisit the Stephen Adams stuff with the Michael, all sorts of different ways that we can talk about this. And then again, maybe finally I can get to talk about Marcus Gasol's retirement game in April. That would be nice. Hopefully Mike Conley is able to make it. Lots of things to discuss on our next episode as well. Hopefully you'll come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies and check it out on Monday. Thank you so much for being here on this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. Friendly reminder to check out Lockdown Sports Today, the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows that cover every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Again, we're reviewing the weekend that was games against the Warriors, the Celtics. We'll talk more about the Stephen Adams trade, maybe more fallout from that going into Monday's show. Plenty to keep an eye on as the NBA trade deadline approaches. Thank you so much for helping us get over 3,000 subscribers on YouTube again. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, both there and wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure that you're making DeMichael and I a part every single day of your NBA and Memphis Grizzlies content consumption. Until next time, I am Joe Molinax. Stay locked in, Grizzlies fans. Have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe, stay warm, and we'll catch you next time on Lockdown Grizzlies. Have a good one.